International Paralympic Committee President Philip Craven on this edition of ATR Radio. I'm Kevin Nutley. Thanks for joining us today. With the Rio 2016 Paralympic Games now less than 100 days away, ATR's Rio correspondent Aaron Bauer sat down with Craven to talk about the challenges that remain for organizers and what spectators can expect from the incredible Paralympians during competition. With 100 days to go, how do you think things stand going into the 2016 Paralympics? And what do you think is the most pressing need in these last 100 days? Well, um, I think things are are set up pretty well. Uh, We know that there have been uh, difficulties in in many different areas, some directly related to the Games, others related to the economy of the nation and also the political aspects uh, of the nation. But um, we concluded our final um, um, project review meeting about 10 days ago in, in Rio, that went uh, pretty well, and um, and I think that looking forward, um, if we look at uh, ticket sales, uh, about a third of the revised figure for ticket sales now, which is a, uh, a total of 2.5 million approximately, a third of those have, have been sold, and there's been a, an uptake uh, in ticket sales since the Olympic torch arrived in, in Brazil. So... Um, of course, uh, we want full stadia, and uh, we want to replicate what happened in London, and uh, and so that uh, is an issue. We're pleased about the additional, we um, may call it, education program with regard to Paralympic tickets that has been put out by the organising committee, and we think that that's had some effect as well, and that needs to continue between now and the games. You mentioned a revised figure in ticket sales. Yeah. What, what led the to the available? Sorry. Sorry. What led to the reduction in available tickets? And Prim- primarily, when the uh, when the venues, <coughs> excuse me, were completed, then we uh, found out that there were a significant number of, um, of what do we call it? I don't have these terminologies in my head. Seat kills. You know with regard to the venue construction, but then also with regard to uh, camera positions for broadcasting. And, uh, and that's the key, key, uh, key part of, uh, of this reduction, really. Now, you mentioned that a third of the now available tickets have been sold. How many tickets yeah. do you expect to be sold by the beginning of the Olympics? And how many tickets do you expect to be sold overall? I don't have those figures, actually, but I expect them to be... I mean, we know that the Brazilian market, and particularly the Carioca of Rio, are, are not early purchasers of tickets. And therefore, I think we see now with, uh, with I'm not sure I can call it games fever yet, but the, you know, the games are in the public eye now, uh, both games, Olympics and Paralympics. And we're seeing this, this rise and we're expecting that to continue. I think from, from if we look back to the history, um, that, uh, that as the Olympics uh, come to a conclusion. There's another, not conclusion, but maybe in the second half of the Olympics, there's a big upsurge again in interest in Paralympic tickets, and that'll continue in the in the two weeks between the games, and then also continue into the games. But um, but I think there's a, an excellent opportunity to to meet or or nearly meet the uh, the revised figure of 2.5 million. At the conclusion of the last progress review. Was there any mention on 
the progression of making some of the older venues more accessible. When we talked last time, you mentioned how all the new venues that are being built are having accessibility ramps and other services being built into them. Now, we had a test event last week at Engenal, the athletic stadium, and the athletes were remarking how much more accessible the building has become, but there is still a ways to go to make it Paralympics ready. How has that been going with all the existing venues? Well, I, I think yes. The last uh, the last test event was the athletics, as you say, and I think overall it was a great success. Um, when you look at the accessibility before we got to work with the organising committee on that, it was uh, it was not good at all. And I think you know major progress has been made. Um, I don't have uh, a recent uh, update on where. If, if further work needs to be done, but we know that further work does need to be done. Um, for example, I only heard today of maybe some difficulties with uh, with elevators uh, in the velodrome, and uh, and therefore this is something that we keep a very very close eye on, and we're working very closely with the with the organisers on this. But of course, we want the athlete experience to be seamless so that their performances which will be the greatest ever athletic performances at the Games. I think we can say already that the Rio 2016 uh, Paralympics will be the best ever Paralympic Games in terms of athletic performance. I mean, that's just been shown by by the test event performances, by the qualification event performances and the World Championships last year in many sports and the regional championships this year. Now... Earlier, you mentioned the current economic climate down here in Brazil. Has the troubling economy impacted any services that will be provided by the city, city, state, and federal government, such as transportation and or security? Well, um, as far as we're aware, there have been, there have been no changes to, to threaten security. I mean, we, there are... Uh, the estimated uh, contingent of 85,000 people uh, involved in security for both games. and In fact, that seems a very similar figure to the figure announced by the French the other day of 90,000 uh, people involved in the European football championships that will take place this summer. And, um, and therefore, on a security basis, um, no. And, uh, and we've had a lot of discussion uh, which has come to what we believe is a successful conclusion with regard to particularly transport for athletes uh, to events and to training uh, where where this needed to be speeded up and um, we've had uh, we've had success there uh, mayor pais is, is is putting in place uh, certain uh, paralympic lanes not as many as for the olympics i think we have to take note of the fact that rio is back at work, schools are back, which is a good thing for the Paralympic Games um, in September, uh, whereas in August, Rio is on holiday. Yeah, mentioning that Rio is going back to work, how has the transportation planning been going and has there been continued efforts to reduce transit time to venues around Rio de Janeiro for Paralympic athletes? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at, I mean, you'll know this well, where, where the village is, of course, uh, travel times are, 
or nearly nothing uh, to the new venues that have been built in the Baja area. But when you look to Copacabana, when you look to uh, the athletic stadium and the archery venues, then that was posing a problem. And we know now, and we have assurances that the travel times are within uh, what we have prescribed, uh, and uh, and that uh, that this should should be okay. But of course, we'll be watching this very very closely. Now, but continued continued work has been going on. Yeah. Now, another issue that continues to lurk behind the scenes of the games here in Rio is the political crisis. Um, reports yeah. have come out that the impeachment vote could actually happen a few days before the Olympics, but after some political posturing is expecting to happen in September. Do you think this could potentially draw away any attention from the Paralympics? I don't think so. I think if there's one thing, and, and I have to say that unfortunately, because of the telephone problems, I'm, I've got to get on the line to Brazil very shortly now. But I, but I think that if there's one thing that, that Brazil needs, whether this is from an economic or from a political perspective, it's, it's an up, the uplifting effect that the two games will bring to the nation. And therefore, should that happen, and of course that is outside the control of, of all sports organizations, then, um, uh, then that's something that the Paralympic Games will deal with. And uh, one is political, one is sport, and I think that uh, the, the, the one will not detract from the other. And really that's up to the media to make sure that it doesn't. Now, what can you expect Paralympic fans to see during the Games and in these last hundred days leading up to the Games? Well, I think that uh, my next uh, visit to sport is to the European Athletics Championships in Grosseto, which is near Rome in Italy. That's in the uh, well in the first ten days of uh, of, um, of uh, June, and um, and of course there are there are still qualification events going on in certain sports, but there are also uh, warm up tournaments. I know in my own sport of wheelchair basketball, I've been invited to one event that I can't make, and uh, so, so there's a lot of activity going on. A lot of reports will be in the media, countries announcing their teams, etc. And I think that, as I said before, the, this will be the games where the athletes, I mean, the, the athletes always amaze. They always surprise before they inspire and excite. But I think we'll ne there won't have been a games where athletic performance will surprise and excite the world like in Rio. I know you're pressed for time, so I just have two quick questions, if that's okay. Try it, yeah. Is the first one, is the continued presence of the Zika virus down here in Brazil worrying for any of the athletes? Have you heard any athletes speak out against possibly coming to the Paralympic Games? I've not personally, but, um, but of course, without going into detail now that we're short of time, that, uh, that of course you're fully aware of our uh, relationships with the IOC, with the Organizing Committee and with the World Health Organization on this, and I think that... Uh, we have ensured that our national Paralympic committees and we've ensured that the national Paralympic committees keep their athletes fully informed on what will be required with regard to that. And, uh, and we believe that the, the procedures that have been put in place, both for athlete protection, personal protection, and also for minimizing the risk 
of mosquitoes. I think we're fortunate that we're still in the Brazilian winter period uh, at, at that time and, and uh, to diminish or to get rid of any standing stagnant water. Um, every, every step will be taken to, to minimize that. Great. Now, is, is there anything Just else? Just very quickly now, I need, I need to go now, actually. Yeah, so, is there anything well, else that I haven't touched on that you want to say? Well, I don't think so at this moment in time. I mean, 100 days to go, it's always a great time, uh, you know, looking forward to the games. And um, I think that uh, I can't wait to get out there. Uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday, I had a Brazilian film crew at my home in, in Britain uh, filming... Uh, I mean, I never knew, and now I realize how long it takes to, to film. I think we got 50 seconds of what they will use eventually of a two-minute film done in two days. And uh, But the enthusiasm, and, and this is this is the thing, that the going to Rio, going to be with the karaoke, going to be with so many enthusiastic people, and enthusiasm for life and sport and carnival, we are going to a great place for a great games. I think that's all I want to say. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Pleasure, and thank you. I'm glad we finally got through. Me too. Have okay. a great day. That was ATR's Rio correspondent Aaron Bauer with IPC President Philip Craven on the challenges ahead for the Paralympic organizers. Around the Rings will be on the scene when the Paralympics begin on September 9th. Thank you very much for joining us today on the latest edition of ATR Radio. Have a good one.